This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Paul Calvisi, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. Well, it was well worth the wait. Four hours and 18 minutes, two weather delays. Although, Kyle, do we feel bad about our co-host here, Paulie Sideline, the fact that I actually admitted earlier in the week that I did feel bad considering not only the rain, but the wind and the lightning all at once. Feel bad? No. I was hoping oh, okay. I was hoping Paul was <laughs> suffering. No offense, Paul. Look, I was sitting at home watching the game and around the fireplace and my feet got hot. So I don't want to hear anything from Paul. Um, it was it was really uncomfortable that second half when my feet were burning. So I was uh, I, uh, I was I was warm and toasty in the studios as well. So it didn't bother yeah. me at all. I enjoyed what was going on and also the result twenty four to ten. But pretty Paul, bad. Digress. When your own family sends you emojis <laughs> of rain, lightning, and then LOL, right? So uh, it's it's pretty bad. You just get it from all sides. You know that's cool. Uh, we're sideline strong down here. So uh, you know you just have to weather it literally and then wear it literally <laughs> all the way home. So uh, I know nobody wants to hear it, but if you go to Pittsburgh in December and you wait out two weather delays, there's one rule. Win the stinking game, and that's exactly what they did. Longest Cardinals game of the Super Bowl era, the first road win of the season. And really, Kyle, when you look at what happened through all four-plus hours, offense, defense, special teams, quite the opposite from what we saw a week ago at State Farm Stadium against the Rams. Huge turnaround. Uh, This was a huge culture win, right? I mean, there were so many built-in excuses for this team to not play well. You know, the early slot, um, tough environment playing in Pittsburgh. You're playing against one of the better defenses in the league. Um, A team that, you know, is just built on physicality. And then you've got the weather and you've got the delays. And, um, you know, all of those things potentially can play into the home field's hands. And it seemed like every time they came out of a break, the Cardinals were re-energized and recharged, and they didn't lose their momentum throughout those breaks. And, um, you know, look, um, you know, I don't think this happens very often, um, but I think that Mike Tomlin got outcoached. You know, I don't – a lot of it goes down to what happens in those breaks. Look, how do you deal with adversity? How do you keep your players engaged? Can you keep them up? Can you keep them ready when they take the field? Because, you know, we were just talking about this off the air. When those – uh, when they had those stoppages, nobody had any idea if it was going to be five minutes or an hour or two hours, and it, it's really hard to know how to properly uh, approach those situations. And whatever Jonathan Gannon did, whatever the leaders in that locker room did um, during those pauses in the game, it worked. And and it was it was you know again a huge culture win. And you know Paulie talked about this before the game. That was December football, and I don't know that we've seen this team play December football for a number of years, and this will serve them well through the rest of this season and going into next year. Best win of the year. I mean, 
by far in some ways. I know Dallas, okay, Atlanta, Kyler, and all that. To me, I was actually more impressed by Kyler in this yeah. win. We'll get into that. But Mike Tomlin had a quote going into this game. He said, December football, and he paused for effect. Because you're talking about a guy who in his 17 years as head coach, his record at home in December was 29-11. and 11. And he said, December football, with an air of authority, has a texture to it. That, that was his word, has a texture to it. Well, guess what? To what KVB just said, Cardinals went out and they played December football better than the hometown Pittsburgh Steelers. And it just had a physicality to it. Didn't start that way either. Didn't start that way. First two or three possessions, you're like, rut-row. And then the Cardinals dialed a few things in. And I think that's also where the Steelers got out, Coach. wasn't just handling the weather delays. It was some of the adjustments made during the game. They were confused and confounded by 11-card pickup. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. Cardinals showed a lot of different looks on defense that had Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky thinking. It was a complete effort from the coaches to the players. Mike Tomlin postgame. That was a horrible day at the office, just JV football in a lot of ways. Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon, what did he say postgame? The belief of the players, you know what I mean? I mean, I know we're not where we want to be. That's in the past. But there is never any doubt we're going to come in here and, and give ourselves a chance to win the game, and that's what we did. So I'm happy for the players. There's no doubt in my mind after that Rams loss, lackluster loss, that a message was sent to that locker room. Jonathan Gannon made himself clear. We might lose the game, but we're not going to lose the fight. We're not going to lose the effort out there. Dennis Gardeck talked about that, and, and that's what you saw. Yeah, the Cardinals are banged up. Yes, they're not the most talented roster, <laughs> way down in the depth chart, but you can come out and you can fight, and that's what they did. They took a black and blue approach to the black and gold. Started with a red zone stop after the Steelers just needed three plays to get to the Cardinals' 16-yard line on the opening possession. And then for the Cardinals on offense, their first possession, three plays, zero net yards. You go three and out. And again, to Paul's point, what's going on here in the first couple of possessions here on the road in Pittsburgh heading into the bye week? Are they overlooking this team, looking ahead to the time off? That did not happen. Things clicked for the offense. Specifically, here is quarterback Kyler Murray. Honestly, felt good the whole game. I think, you know, those just ebbs and flows of the game, you know, uh, coming out, got to settle in, settle down earlier than we did, myself included. And I think we'll, you know, see results earlier in that game because we had things open, we had things there earlier in that game. You know, me, you know, being a little too fast when it comes to reading stuff and uh, just everybody individually as a whole, you know, offensively, you know, one guy messed up here, one guy messed up here. We just had to come, to, uh, calm down, settle into that game, and um, you know, we, we started to execute. And again, the numbers don't look great for Kyler overall, as far as throwing 13 to 23, 145 yards, a touchdown. He was sacked twice. Both of those happened in the first half. Running the football nine times for 20 yards. So those numbers on the surface, Kyle, don't look great. But if you watched the game and you watched how Kyler to his point, kind of settled down and then started leading scoring drives. And we'll get into that 99-yard scoring drive as well. But it looked different than what the numbers show on paper. Yeah, and again, you know, the thing I love about this game for Kyler, for the offense, really for the entire team, was it, Pittsburgh had control of this game until really late into the second quarter. I mean, Pittsburgh was moving the ball. Um, they were getting some chunk runs. Um, Arizona couldn't get any flow. Um, Kyler looked uncomfortable at times in the pocket. And this is the biggest thing, and, and I agree with both of you, this is one of Kyler's best games. Um, 
because I'm not sure rookie Kyler or even second year Kyler wouldn't take or would have bounced back and would have kept fighting and would have moved on to the next play. You know, he wears his frustration. He's such a competitor that you know we've seen him in before when things don't go well. He goes to the bench. He puts his head in his hands and and you know it's it's difficult for him to dig his way out of that. Kyler stayed up. He stayed engaged. He led this team um, and showed just a ton of grit throughout the course of this ball game. I mean, look, even his rushing numbers were not great. And this is another thing we talked about before the game. He's got to mix it in. He picked up, you know, a key third and eight on a drive with his legs converting um, and, you know, just did what he had to do. And they were taking away some things from this offense. And, and this is what a good team does. And this is what Jonathan Gannon talks about. Like, it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as we finish with more points than they did. And in the end, this was a dominating win. It was dominating. I mean, from that point, from the goal line stand on, the Cardinals controlled this ball game. He had a 40-yard pass right on the money to Rondell Moore that number four couldn't reel in. He had another touchdown pass to Rondell Moore, nullified by penalty that was questionable at best. Yet, to Kyle's point, he had that mental toughness to move past that. And then also you hear Kyler say about how he started the game a little fast, maybe thinking a little too fast, processing a little too fast. I asked Jonathan Gannon about that yesterday, and he said his feet maybe were a little too fast, that his feet are so good that he gets sped up a little bit. So once he calmed down, started being comfortable, maybe trusting the protection because that was iffy to start the game as well. There were some missed blocks, especially on the edges. Once he started to trust his pass protection, you know, then all of a sudden uh, he settled down. And as Jonathan Gannon said, early in that game, maybe the routes weren't developed enough or his eyes weren't getting to the right place, but he did eventually. And that's where the whole offense started to click. Did he have great passing numbers? No. But look at some of the other numbers for the offense, right? 10 of 17 on third down. They went 8 of 9. At one point after starting 0 for 4, they were 3 for 3 in the red zone. That's always a winning stat. And then, of course, they had a balanced offense. They ran it 38 times for nearly 4 yards of carry. And did not turn the ball over at all. As an offense, you protect the football, ball security. That's what head coach Jonathan Gannon told you at halftime, yep. Paul, as far as, okay, what's what's the key now to finish this in the second half with the lead Ball security. Now, the ball did hit the ground a couple of times. He wasn't yeah. happy about that, but it right. wasn't a lost fumble. I mean, think about it. The Steelers came in number one in the NFL with the Niners in turnover ratio, plus 11. Cardinals won the turnover battle. You had a top five takeaway defense, zero takeaways. So, once again, it was the winning stats where Kyler and the team excelled. Not necessarily I threw for 400 or I had three touchdown passes or I ripped off this highlight real play. No, that was winning December football. Cardinals overcome the Steelers. They overcame Mother Nature. There was two weather delays, one an extended halftime, and then one following the James Conner one-yard touchdown run. Overall, the team, though, hung in there. In fact, there was a little bit of a dance-off in that locker room during some of the delays. Here's head coach Jonathan Gannon. As far as the delays, I've never been a part of anything like that, but uh, went in the second time, um, kind of did the same thing that we do at halftime. Um, they cranked the music up a little bit because I didn't, just didn't want them, you know, staring into the oblivion, waiting for the refs to come tell me, all right, come on back out. So made sure that their uh, nervous system was still prepped. So they did a good job. How difficult, Kyle, is that because you do pregame warm-ups and you're amped up and then the game starts, yeah, halftime is 12 minutes. It's not long period of time. But then that 12 minutes becomes 
30 minutes. And then, okay, now you have to dial it back up. And then there's another delay. And I'll give the Cardinals credit. That's that's not easy to do. Maybe a little bit easier because you had the lead and we're playing well. But I can't imagine the adrenaline and then that wears off a little while and you got to go, okay, let's, let's get back out there. We haven't finished this game yet. It's extremely difficult. Um, you know, honestly, my, my game was built on um, adrenaline, being fired up, intensity, and I could, you know, maintain that for three hours, but I would have hated to have a break. I would have hated to be sent back into a locker room to have a 53-minute, uh, you know, a third break, essentially, um, and, you know, to try to maintain that, to try to keep that level of intensity um, through that is is nearly impossible. And again, it was like the team came out stronger and more intense and more ready to play football each time they took the field. And um, again, that's a tremendous credit um, to Jonathan Gannon, how he handled it, how he talked to the players, how he prepped them to come back out and be ready to go because it didn't necessarily look like that from the other side of the ball. And it, that, to me, that's a huge advantage for the home team. You know, home home locker rooms are usually much better. You've got access to more things and, and you can handle those situations a little better. It's more comfortable. I mean, typically visitor locker rooms, they don't give you much. And, you know, for them to go in and, and weather this, you know, proverbial storm and real storm and come out and, and play the way they played is, is extremely impressive. And I just love how, you know, this team faced the adversity. Because, again, to me, this isn't necessarily even just about Sunday. This is about team building and the culture building. And, and you know, this team and the players that are going to be here next year, they can lean back on this experience when they go through some rough stretches, when they deal with some adversity, when they have injuries throughout the course of a ball game. Um, if this situation ever happens again, this is in their memory bank. Look how we handled it. Look how we responded. And look what we can do. We can stand up in the face of adversity and, you know, we can win a ball game with, you know, crazy circumstances. Even some adversity for the sideline reporter as well, who did not get any of the food that was brought in for the players oh. during the break. Yeah, well, the tunnel was freezing. It dropped about 25 degrees, and there were gale force winds going through there, and I'm standing there, and I'm soaked, and I'm like, well, probably not a good move uh, to stand here uh, and catch my death. So I went down by the Cardinals locker room, watched stinking Russell Wilson not beat Houston on the monitor up there, along with some of the other officials. The officiating crew did come by. They kept giving updates to Jonathan Gannon. I so badly wanted to say, hey, guys, we're past the fifth inning. Uh, Cardinals are in the lead. Just just give them the win. We can jump on Redbird 1 and get out of here. Just give them the win baseball style. Uh, that didn't happen. But, yeah, the subs went in. The sub sandwiches went in. They had the dance off at one point. You could hear music in there. I thought that was a good move because it, you didn't want to return to some sort of, like, you know, you wanted to be a library in there, right? You want the adrenaline to stay up. And, uh, and then they had about seven or eight minutes to warm up. They all did. They went out on the field, so, like, pregame style as a team. The turf held up pretty well. I asked several guys. and said it's a little slick, but it's solid. It's firm. And boom, there you go. Cardinals beat the Steelers 24-10, improved to 3-10 and on the season, and now enjoy a much-needed bye week. The team is off this weekend. They'll be back at State Farm Stadium in two weeks' time, hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Single-game tickets on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com forward slash buy tickets. That's azcardinals.com forward slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. James Conner, the running back, gets the call. Dives over the top straight ahead into the end zone for the touchdown. In his first game as a visitor in this stadium, 
James Conner returns to Pittsburgh with a huge touchdown midway through the third to make it 16-3. They hand it off, Conner to the left. First down, Conner dies for the end zone. Touchdown! James Conner with two scores in the welcome back party in Pittsburgh. The Cardinals extend their lead to 23-3 with 8.28 to play. Oh, the Cardinals just broke out the black and blue brigade, baby. Light up and suck the beating heart, metaphorically speaking, of your opponent. That is a huge possession by this team. Connor's first two-touchdown game since Week 10 at the Rams in 2022. Connor finished with a season-high 25 carries for 105 yards, earned himself a game ball from the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, in the locker room. Quite the prize after a performance like that. Hey, speaking of prizes, this holiday season, the Cardinals are offering fans a chance to win amazing prizes each day of the month of December. Earlier or enter the Cardinals 31 days of giveaways at azcardinals.com forward slash 31 days. The earlier you sign up, the more chances you have to win. That's azcardinals.com forward slash 31 days already. Kyler Murray, autographed jersey. Buda mm. Baker, autographed jersey. Nice. Again, sign up azcardinals.com forward slash 31 days. You know that game ball? They should put on there bully ball. That, that should be, they should paint it on there bully ball because that's James Connors saying. He learned it with the Steelers, that brand of ball, that brand of a run game. It's what the Cardinals players were saying on the sideline, bully the bully, come in and be better at Steelers football than they are, show these yinzers up here in the stands exactly what it looks like, and that's what the Cardinals did because I thought going into the game the Steelers were going to wear the Cardinals' defense down, but it was exactly the opposite by the time we got to the fourth quarter. Running the football, that's what we want to see. At least we wanted to see more of that considering a week ago against the Rams. Again, 27 rushing yards, but Cardinals had the lead for the much of that game on Sunday in Pittsburgh, so you could rely on the run game, specifically relying on number six. Right, and it's the way it happened. And, you know, again, this is a, a, a big credit to Drew Petzing because uh, entering the fourth quarter, uh, James Conner had 15 carries for 30 yards, but they stuck with the run game. Even though it wasn't necessarily effective, it, it does. It changes how a defense plays you when you continue to feed the running back. And in that fourth quarter, um, he had uh, 15, no, wait, wait, he had 75 yards on 10 carries. And that's where he made his hay, and that's where he was hurt or punishing people. Um, Paul, you were on the sideline. Has Patrick Peterson landed yet? <laughs> did you that, did, did that, you see him out the window of the plane on the on the way home? I you, mean, that was a stiff arm. You know how that works. And did you see angry runs, by the yep. way, this morning? Nominated, yeah. And Kyle Brandt, that uh, James Conner treated him like James Conn treated Carlo <laughs> in the original Godfather, where he gave him a beating right, right there in the street, right on, on the curb. That's exactly what happened, and it was right on the Steelers' sideline. And the way the Cardinals sideline reacted, that did send a message. You know how that works in a game. That sets a tone. Uh, absolutely. It's it's not just his runs. It's the way he runs. And we talk about this over and over. He is so physical. He seeks out contact, and he delivers blows to defenders. And, and I can tell you, as a defender in the fourth quarter, oftentimes you want no part of that. Your hands hurt, your wrists hurt, your elbows hurt, your neck is sore. And when you get a running back that runs like that in the fourth quarter – um, you know, you see a lot of people taking mysterious angles and you see people turning down tackles and and that's exactly what happened. Connor had almost as many he had as he had 
as many almost as many rushing yards as the Steelers had total yards in that fourth quarter. He spent his first four seasons with the Steelers. In fact, he had never been outside of Pennsylvania to play football, high school, college, the NFL, so this was a big deal. His return, though it has been three years since he left the Steelers, James Conner, postgame with Paul Calvisi. I'm just really grateful, you know, I'm really not thinking about anything just besides, you know, how far God and brought me, just just thankful for this opportunity to celebrate with my teammates back here in Pittsburgh in front of friends and family, um, just thankful. You must have thought about this moment, especially this week. Is this how you envisioned or hoped it would go? It, it is, you know, just have a big game, get a victory, uh, but also not think too much about it, you know, just go out there and play another football game, even though I know the emotions that was attached to it. So in this game, you guys started 0 for 4 on third down and then ripped off 9 out of your next 11. You started slow on the ground, ended up over 100 yards. Just tell us about the evolution of the game. What started clicking? Yeah, you just got to trust it and, uh, you know, Tremendous defense over there. I mean, TJ Warren, High Smith, you know, and that linebacking core, Cam Hayward up front. Uh, just got to be patient. Try to wear them down as best as you can. But those guys are so tough, man. But my tight ends and offensive line, uh, just staying with it, staying consistent all game, and, uh, you know, the big one's going to come. Connor had a lot of open rushing lanes because of that offensive line pushing the Steelers' front seven back on their heels. You mentioned the number of successful third downs, 10 of them. Well, one of Connor's touchdowns came on third down, and it was a lot of James Connor in that second half. Here's head coach Jonathan Gannon. That's our leader, and he put us on his back today and uh, gave him a game ball because I know this was special coming back for him, but that's what he always does for us. So, uh, And it was, you know, and the run game took a little bit to get going there, but there was belief that we could get it going, and we thought we could run it on him pretty good, and that's what we did. A lot gets made about the running back position, Kyle, and you can find someone later rounds, maybe even undrafted, but there's a difference, at least with James Conner, because, and Paul mentioned this earlier in the week, that Buda Baker's the heart and soul on defense. James Conner is that for this offense, and as he goes, so goes the offense. Yes, Kyler Murray, you can't win without a good quality quarterback, but Within this offense, with what Drew Petzing wants to do with the run game, the tight end position, you need a James Conner type running back, that bigger, physical, not going to go down on first contact. No, you're right. And, you know, when Jonathan Gannon took this job, he talked about how they wanted to be violent and they wanted to be physical. And you need those guys, you need those leaders on both sides of the ball that show that, that can demonstrate that to the younger players, to the rest of the team. If you have a running back that's you know, looking to get down, looking to step out of bounds, but you're preaching physicality and you're preaching toughness, um, you know, it's, it's not going to go very far. And you know, the thing I love about this game on offense, to me, you know, the two players that made the biggest difference in this game are the two most physical players on that side of the ball with Trey McBride, because when he gets the ball in his hands, he also seeks out contact. He f- fights for extra yards, shows a tremendous degree of toughness. And James Conner, those are the two guys that really stood out in this ball game, and that's a big reason why they out physical the Pittsburgh Steelers. They beat them at their own game. That final touchdown run by James Conner was third and one at the nine. He didn't even get touched till he was inside the five. The offensive line surge at that point, the way they came off the ball and just bulldozed the front seven, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that was truly remarkable. And then you look, and at the end of the game, we talked about this, right, on Cardinals cover two, uh, was Cam Hayward's name ever called? And we had to look. I mean, he had one, like, assisted tackle 
So that interior O-line did a heck of a job. Now, there were some struggles the first couple of play, but it was really on the edges. I mean, a guy like Will Hernandez, and I had asked Will going into this game, said, how many times you played against Cam Hayward? He said, yeah, I played against him before. And he just sort of let it trail off. Like, you know, he had a quiet confidence about him. Well, rightfully so, because Cam Hayward did not wreck that game whatsoever. When T.J. Watt says after the game, we got our <clears throat> butts kicked, we got pummeled, quote-unquote, I never saw that happening. I, I never saw a Steelers team just look physically defeated and admit as much after the game. Well, you played on that side of the ball, Kyle. When an offensive line is able to push you around, you know the Cardinals want to run the football, yet you still can't stop the run. It is demoralizing. Uh, absolutely. And that was a demoralized Pittsburgh Steelers defense that we saw in the fourth quarter. And to Paulie's point, I saw at least a couple plays where Will Hernandez didn't just block Cam Hayward. He dominated him. I mean, he he made him look like just another guy. And at times, um, you know, I, there's one play in particular where he dumped him on his back. And you never see an offensive lineman do that to Cam Hayward. One of the best run players, one of the best defensive tackles in this game for a number of years. And, uh, you know, Will Hernandez took it to him. A week after just six carries – James Conner with a season-best 25 carries against the Steelers. And, yes, according to Kyler Murray, that was by design. Something we wanted to do, you know, coming into this game was have, you know, a goal of, you know, getting him, you know, uh, a lot of carries because he, he's such a great player. You know, he's such a great player. He's a, he's a great leader for this team. We know how much it means uh, for him to come back home and, and, and be able to do his thing. So I was super excited for him, happy that he got to, you know, obviously two touchdowns, 100-plus yards. It was, uh, it was good for him. And, again, it wasn't just James Conner. Michael Carter, four carries, yeah. 25 yards, better than six yards a carry. So even when Conner got a blow, Paul, there was someone to come in and say, all right, let's keep this going, this successful ground game. Yeah, hashtag fresh legs on Michael Carter. Man, did he have a burst. That was uh, that, that secondary – was surprised at how he got out of the gates there and got loose in a hurry. To me, this game plan answered the question from the earlier, the week before, from the Rams, where you had you had that 12-play, 75-yard touchdown drive out of the gates against the Rams, where Kyler was under center five times. They gave four carries to James Conner and then went away from that the rest of the game. To me, this game was the answer. Well, what would happen if you stuck with that sort of approach? Because Kyler was under center 24 times, more than his first three games combined. You gave the ball 25 times to James Conner. I mean, you look at what they did, and it's exactly what they did on the first drive against the Rams, and then abandoned the rest of the game. So there's your answer. What happens? Well, you come out, and you can play a physical game. You have ball security. You get the ball, and even minus your two best blocking receivers were not in the game, Michael Wilson and Zach Paschal. So somehow you got that done with a bunch of smaller receivers who aren't, who don't have a forte at run blocking. So all the above just shows you what happens if you can, if you can stay balanced, you can stay with that power run game and that sort of mentality. And instead of operating strictly out of the gun and throwing the ball laterally and running that spread, which is what we saw, I think, too often against the Rams. And sticking with that ground game, even if it's not successful early in the game, and we've always heard Kyle James Conner talk about, yeah, it's the running back, you get better as the game goes on, but in order to get better, to kind of feel your way into a game, 
you need those touches even if they aren't successful early in the game. Exactly. That was the story. One of the big stories of this game is, um, you know, we talked about it early on. There were struggles, either communication, either what Pittsburgh was doing defensively. There was guys running free in the backfield. James Conner couldn't get his feet going. Um, really didn't have much success on the ground early. But the offense stuck with it. The offense believed in it. They stuck with what their base offense is. You know, they didn't they didn't panic at any point when when it wasn't working. They and and in the end, um, you know, this offensive line wore them down. James Conner wore them down. Um, it was, you know, to me, being on a team, when I'm on the defensive side of the ball, when our offense goes out there and just eats up clock by converting over and over and over and running the ball against the defense, I mean, that got me more pumped up to making a big play on defense, see an offense do that to another team. It was interesting, Jonathan Gannon, we, we talked to him after the game about the difference in third down, then he was asked about it again on Monday, and he said, I talked with Drew Petzing about it earlier today, meaning Monday morning, you can't be afraid to repeat plays when they're good. And what did they do? They kept going back to Trey McBride. Kyler was smarter. You know what? They can't cover him. That linebacker's not going to cover Trey McBride. That safety can't get it done against Trey McBride. I don't care if there's safety help over the top. If he's single covered and I get the ball in the right window, Trey McBride has really good hands. He's going to make that catch and he's going to break tackles. They came back to the same place until the Steelers stopped it, and in a lot of cases, they never did. Speaking of the Cardinals' second year tight end, more on his performance, more on what he has done since week eight, his ascension to tight end number one on this Cardinals team. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Game tied at three, five ten to go in the first half. Fourth and goal on the one coming up. And they run it. Harris left side, and Kevin Strong drives him back at the one-yard line. Woods is in there. Lopez is in there. And the Cardinals defense with a goal line stand. Oh, my goodness. They broke out the flat shovel at the point of attack and flattened the face of Najee Harris. 242 pounds of smoked salmon at the point of attack, baby. Snap to Murray, he'll throw. Looks left, fires left in the end zone. It is caught by McBride, and it's a touchdown. Tyler Murray engineers a 99-yard touchdown drive, and the Cardinals take a 9-3 lead in Pittsburgh. The definition of complimentary football. Defense gets a stop. The offense responds, goes the length of the field to take the lead 10-3 to going into the locker room. Cardinals ultimately beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh 24-10. to As we say, welcome back. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek. Your ticket to great seats, Craig Riolu, Paul Calvisi, and Kyle Vandenbosch. And we talk about those two drives. And let's first, Kyle, discuss the goal line stand. The Steelers, again, at that point, it's 3-3. Steelers marching down the field. You get the stop on third down, knock Kenny Pickett out of the game with an ankle injury, and then fourth and goal. Najee Harris gets the ball. You know what's coming, but as a defender, your goal, get low, push that pile as much as you can, and Depash called it. Kevin Strong, Jesse Lucchetta, Roy Lopez, a lot of bodies in there, but ultimately Harris stopped for no gain. And that's big. I mean, that's what Najee Harris, that's his forte. He's a big physical back, keeps his legs churning. I mean, you, you got to think nine times out of ten, he's punching that ball in the end zone. Um, it, you know, 
there's probably few things that happen on Sundays on a football field that get an entire team more excited than a goal line stand. Now, saying that, it, it typically you don't get much out of it. I mean, you're backed up. Uh, you know, most offenses are just trying to create room so their punter can punt it and you know make give the ball back to the other team. Um, so the entire sequence and um, it, it felt like up to that point, and I mentioned this earlier, that Pittsburgh was in full control of this game. In spite of the score being tied, um, you know, they made two trips deep into the red zone. They were moving the ball. They were getting some chunk runs. Their offense looked efficient. Our offense wasn't necessarily clicking. Um, and that goal line stand, it completely flipped the game. It, it got the sideline energized. It gave the defense confidence. It gave the offense confidence. And then, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about it, but what ensued after that goal line stand – um, you know, it, it completely gave the Cardinals the momentum in this ball game. Well, Paulie, you were on the sideline. What was the reaction? We saw the reaction on the field, but on the sideline, what was the reaction of those players that weren't on the field and the coaches? I tell you, you talk about complimentary football, and okay, you know, on the field, but it's on the sideline as well. The defense comes off, and they're fired up, and they start interacting with the offensive guys, and that sparks them. It's it's like a catalyst, like, okay, did they really just stop Najee Harris at the goal line? Yes, they did. Jesse Lucchetta got in there. They call it cutting the engine. That's what Jonathan Gannon, and then I was talking to some of the defensive coaches, you get to Najee Harris, you get him to stop his legs, and then boom, they bring him down. And, and then you saw different guys get involved on the subsequent drive, right? Michael Carter had a big chunk run. Elijah Higgins had a catch and run. James Conner obviously had a few runs that got him out of the, uh, the shadow of their own goal line. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's akin to when a James Conner will truck a defender. If you get a goal line stop on a fourth down, so now it's turnover on downs, the whole sideline comes alive. Kevin Strong in the middle of the action Monday. He discussed that goal line stand with the media. I just knew we had one yard. I just had to come out of my stance, and I couldn't get pushed back. So I just came out with everything I had <laughs> and made the tackle, so, and it worked out how I wanted it to. So the Cardinals' defense gets to stop. The offense takes over at the one-yard line, 15 plays, 99 yards in 4 minutes and 36 seconds. Kyler Murray, a 5-yard touchdown toss to Trey McBride, who had – Four catches for 49 yards on that scoring drive. Kyler Murray going 99 yards for the first time for him, second time for the team this season. We know what type of kind of swing that, you know, does for a team. You know, that's kind of a not demoralizing in a sense, but to go 99 yards and put it in the end zone is tough, you know, especially when they got we got a goal line stop. So to shift the momentum right there uh, was pretty big for us to go out there and just execute, you know, just execute whatever coach called. You know, that was that was pretty much the mentality. By the way, the 15 plays tied a season high as far as scoring drives for the Cardinals this season. And in order to have a 15-play drive, Kyle, you have to be able to convert on third down. Cardinals perfect on third down. They were 5 of 5 overall, 10 of 17, but 5 conversions on that drive. And by the way, real quick, it was raining. I mean, yeah. cats and dogs right at the end of the first half. The wind was in Kyler's face. People don't realize the degree of difficulty just in completing some of those passes and then executing in the driving rain. No, you're exactly right. And again, this is when the game flipped, right? The, the, the team up to this point was not converting third downs. And to do it over and over and over, this sequence, you know, the goal line stand, the offense for the Steelers goes the sideline deflated. The, kicking, the kicker's probably upset that he had an opportunity to kick a field goal. 
the the defense after that drive had to be completely you know just out of energy out of juice like no confidence because um, again you know drives like that happen typically with you know a handful well two or three explosive plays to move the ball 99 yards and and you know we've seen um, there's so much that can go wrong in 15 plays. You know, a penalty here, a tackle for a loss, a sack, all of those things would have killed that drive. But it was an efficient drive. Um, Kyler showed so much poise and confidence um, on third down, uh, putting the ball where it needed to go. Big plays by, uh, you know, three different tight ends. And, um, you know, it was it got the entire team involved. Um, you know, it was it was the statement drive to me. It was the statement drive of this season. Like when we look back at this team, we talk about, you know, when the team has success next year, we might talk about what was the turning point. When did we feel like this culture really was embraced and the players showed it and the coaching staff got through to the players and they started to believe. They believe in each other. They believe in Kyler Murray. They believe in this offense. They believe in this defense. I'm going to point back to this sequence where they had the goal line stand and they put together um, a long, impressive 99-yard drive for a touchdown officially 99 yards but they actually won 109 yards because Trey McBride was called for holding so again you go 15 plays things are going to happen but we bring up Trey McBride and what he was able to do and not only on Sunday with the eight catches for 89 yards and the score but so far this season before we get our thoughts about the thoughts of the starting quarterback Kyler Murray on his tight end yeah his confidence is through the roof you know, he's become a matchup nightmare for, um, you know, whoever's on him. You know, if they're going to put a safety on him, it's tough for safety to guard him. Super athletic. Sky's the limit for Trey. You know, it's just, I think, for me and him uh, to, to be able to keep playing with each other, keep playing with him, um, and, and, you know, he'll, the better he'll get. <laughs> I remember an offseason conversation, and it was the three of us, and Kyle, you brought out a stat that Paul and I were not ready for when you talked about Drew Petzing and what he came from in Cleveland and the use of three tight ends. Well, the Cardinals' three tight ends on Sunday, Trey McBride, Jeff Swaim, and Elijah Higgins all played a season high in snaps. They accounted for 11 catches on 13 targets for 120 yards and a touchdown. But McBride right now, top five in the league in receptions and receiving yards among tight ends here in year two. Yeah, and let me ask you two this. So take your Cardinals colored glasses off for a minute. Like, if you could take any tight end in the league right now, if you were starting a team, would you take anybody over a Trey McBride, a second-year player that has shown vast improvement, that has probably the best catch radius of any tight end in the league? I mean, he went, he climbed the ladder for a couple of his catches that I don't know that very many players on our roster or around the league could have made. He shows a tremendous toughness. He brings juice to this offense. I mean, I don't know. You know, I know that there is tight ends in this league right now that are surefire Hall of Famers that can, you know, are still huge weapons on their team. But if I'm starting a team today, I don't think I'd take anybody over a Trey McBride. And what, just because of his ascension, and he just continues to show improvement throughout the course of this season, and, and the sky's the limit for him. If you're a Lions fan, you probably throw out Sam Laporta. If we want a young and upcoming tight end, that's just off the top of my head. You know, TJ Hawkinson has had a heck of a season for the Vikings, but you're right. A Mark Andrews is in his prime instead of being on the back end, not quite yet, but he's prone to injury. Just the ability of Trey McBride to always break first contact, seemingly. I mean, it always takes two dudes to bring him down, and or he's getting those extra yards. And that's what he told us on the Big Red Rage last month. He had a coach early in his college day, said, you should never go down 
on first contact. And you know what? A lot of what he's seen, especially the last two games, is akin to his college days. He's getting a lot of extra coverage, getting a lot of safety help over the top. I talked to him about that. He said, eh, I'm used to it. That's vast majority of my college career. I was getting double covered or bracket coverage over the top. He's, look, he's to the point now where if he's single covered, he's still open. Just throw it. He's got great hands. That catch from field level that he went up in the middle, you know, down the seam, and he, he the vertical on that to snag that out of the air in the rain was remarkable. No tight end has caught more passes than Trey McBride since week eight, and McBride is second among tight ends in receiving yards between weeks eight and 13. That's how well he's been playing recently for the Cardinals. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Gilligan to punt, high in the air, far side. It bounces at the five, and the Cardinals down it at the three. Great punt. Gilligan put it on an island. (laughs) Where's the skipper? (laughs) Ginger, Marianne. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, Gilligan. What a perfect punt, man. Once again, you give me a punter, baby. You give me a punter and a defense, and I'll be in every game. Five punts for 252 yards. That's better than 50 yards a punt. And, yes, a great call by Dave Pash. I don't think we're dating ourselves, gentlemen. At least we all get the Gilligan reference. I don't know how many others get it, but very, very apropos of that moment. It actually took me a moment uh, when he said that. It, it was a great punt. It checked up right inside the five, and then it took me a moment. I'm like, okay, all right, the Gilligan's <laughs> Island is someone who's watched way too many reruns as a young punk, <laughs> right, in the whole three-hour cruise thing. It took me a moment, but that was very well done. Yeah, We talk about offense, defense, and special teams, so we're going to give a little love here to the special teams units. Matt Prater continues to be phenomenal this season. but Let Prater cook. I think he has a very good chance to be your Pro Bowl kicker, at least in the mix for the Arizona Cardinals. But again, as we've established here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your your ticket to great seats, the special teams coordinator amongst the three of us is Kyle Vandenbosch over at Phoenix Brophy College. So let's just hand the segment over to you, Kyle. What have you seen from the specialist, i.e. Blake Gillikin? Well, Gillikin, Prater, um, Dorch as a returner. Look, you know, we talked about the importance of this team embracing December football because it will serve them well in the future. And that, that's a big part of December football, that hidden yardage, right? Um, you know, Gillikin punting over 50 yards per punt, whereas Pittsburgh punter averaged around four, under 45. So that's five yards right there and hidden yardage every time you, they, we force them to punt. Um, you know, Dorch continues to be a threat when he gets the ball in his hands. Um, you know, and all of these little things matter, particularly when we expected it to be the type of game that it was, where it was going to be a, a ball control type game, um, you know, running the ball, enduring the weather, you know, not making big mistakes. And a- again, to have a weapon like Matt Prater to have kicked, um, what's, the, what's the tally now, 78 kicks over 50 yards? Field Seven over- this season, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that those things – uh, you know, again, sometimes in the game of football, you you expect with your offensive game plan, with what you have in defense, you expect um, to have a lot of success, to have some explosive plays. And Jonathan Gannon talks about the explosives, right? But sometimes you just have to grind out tough games. And a big part of that is having a good special team 
special teams unit and specialists that you can count on that can make big plays, that can flip the field, that can pin um, offenses inside the five-yard line, that can get you good field position. And, you know, two of, two of the Cardinals' scores, one was on a turnover, one was on a bad punt by their punter in a face mask. They had the short field, and that was a huge difference in this ball game is that the Cardinals had a short field a couple of times were able to punch it in for touchdowns. Three things. One, the Prater field goal looked like it would have been good from 70. It was an absolute surface day or missile in the elements. That was remarkable. And then you talk about late first half, the the fourth down stuff, the 99-yard touchdown drive. Then you get the ball back to start the second half, but you go three and out. That's when you got the 62-yard punt. That was critical. And then what the Steelers do? They fumbled it, right? Mitch Trubisky on that next possession fumbled it. Boom, Cardinals punch it in 17-3 and for all intents and purposes game over they ran him down in the fourth quarter and then a great observation from Kyle on Greg Dorch who was phenomenal not only the 19 yard catch on third down but a couple of those punt returns making guys miss in the phone booth and on the sideline dudes were just shaking their head like wow look at him go and I told Craig this that uh, on cover two that Kelvin Beecham turned around and he saw my notebook and my pen he said Write down Greg Dorch. <laughs> Write down his name again and again. Just the appreciation they have for Dorch. Smallest dude on the field, lightest dude on the field, maybe the biggest heart. Well, there's no bigger fan of number 83 than KVB because you've been on him or as far as on this team to get more touches for Greg Dorch. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy the analytics last year, but like when targeted, um, you know, he creates separation. He does special things with the ball in his hands. Every time when given an opportunity, he has huge games. And he's showing it again this year when he's a part of the lineup, when he's a part of the game plan. Um, you know, he makes these unbelievable plays. And, and a lot of them is just effort. I mean, and again, that's what this culture is about. So I can see him sticking around and being a part of the future of this franchise. Got to wait a little while before we see Dorch and the Arizona Cardinals in action. December 17th at State Farm Stadium, San Francisco 49ers in town. 205 is the kickoff. The Cardinals in week 14. It's the bye week, gentlemen. Bird Gang, enjoy it. It's deserved coming off a 24-10 win in Pittsburgh. We'll talk to you next week here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown! Cardinals win! This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.